This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Joining us today is a childhood friend of mine to discuss the political scene in New Jersey and the election, the presidential election next month. The chief of staff of Essex County, New Jersey, Mr. Phil Elijah. Phil, how are you? Hey, Serge, how are you? I, I can't believe, who would have thought that there'd actually be a Sergio Rodriguez show? <laughs> but I'm so honored to be on it. And I hope, in addition to some politics, we can debate which one of our teams is worse, the Cowboys or the Vikings. And I clearly believe that the Vikings are in better shape than the Cowboys right now. All right, well, we'll discuss that. I'll give, I'll give you a couple of minutes at the end here. Phil, let's start, let's start really close to home. How is the COVID situation in terms of... Um, in terms of the state of New Jersey, uh, obviously, you know, New Jersey was hard hit early. You know, think, looking back at it now, I thought that although there were a lot of restrictions, we handled it pretty well. You guys did a good job. But where's the state now? Well, actually, right now, unfortunately, we're seeing a bit of an uptick in the numbers in the state. I believe that we, you know, the last few days, we've, the numbers have gone up. Uh, talking to the governor's office, a lot of it is 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 um, centered in Ocean County and Monmouth County. Monmouth County uh, recently, they've had an uptick because of Monmouth University and Ocean. You know, the, the young students there have an uptick. And in Ocean County, unfortunately, it's Lakewood and um, some of the Hasidic Jewish communities that have seen an uptick. And they're really trying to get a handle on it. One of the good things, though, is that the uh, the number of deaths and the the hospitalizations hasn't risen uh, as sharply or or as proportional as they did in the spring in March and April when the when the state was really in dire need. And I think a lot of that is because um, you know over these six or seven months, I think the doctors and the hospitals have found significant ways to treat it. Um, have found best practices and stuff like that. So, you know, though the cases are going up, I hope we can keep the hospitalizations and the deaths down because ultimately that's the true measure of, uh, of how the uh, virus is impacting us. As we're heading now into the colder months of the year, right? So um, October now is, is upon us. The restaurants, the businesses that have been struggling since this started, now they can have limited seating. Where do you see this going? Because it's almost costing some of these businesses more money to actually open at a, at a particular capacity than to act. They're, they're, some of them are better off staying closed. Where do you guys see this stuff going? You know, eventually you're going to, you're right. You're, you're going to have to find a percent of occupancy that's going to be worthwhile to the restaurants and the people inside, but also, you know, there's also the responsibility to protect the health and well-being of our residents. Um, there is been, there has been a significant um, difference between the transmission of COVID-19 outdoors to indoors. You know, all the all the studies I've seen, all the numbers that we've seen is that outside, 
you know, when, when the air is flowing and all that, the, the, the rate of transmission is significantly lower. You know, I think, you know, this summer surge, as, as softball and baseball started and football started and a lot of sports started, we really haven't seen, we didn't see the uptick that a lot of people expected us to see. But now that you see more of the indoor places opening, the you know, now indoor restaurants, I, I, and I'm not a scientist, I don't know if that's a direct reason, but, you know, kids are going back to school, uh, more businesses are opening all of a sudden in the fall, we've seen an uptick in the numbers. So everything, everything that I've read and, and I've seen in numbers, you know, at the county and at the state level, um, it's a significant difference between outside and inside. So, but you're right. You also have to, you also have to make sure that people are working. And, you know, you, you think we talked about this the other day. Um, you know, it's not only the restaurants, it's the, the people who provide the linen to the restaurants. It's the people who service the, 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 the washing machines and the dishwashers, it's the waiters in the way. I mean, it's, it's a whole facet, you know, that, that really get impacted by this. And we were even talking about laundry, laundromats. Um, I haven't, I, I used, to wear, used to wear a suit to work every day and during COVID and everything. I've been to my cleaners. I used to be to my cleaners once a week. I've been to the cleaners three times, my laundromat three times since, uh, since COVID started. So those guys are all dying. So it's just a tough, um, in, it's just a tough environment for businesses. And there's a fine line between the health and the welfare of, you know, your citizens and residents and the economic, the economic health of the state. Let's get into this, uh, election, this presidential election. Um, obviously you're a Democrat and, 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 and so, um, I want you to sell to that voter that might be on the fence. Although I'll be honest with you in this election, I don't think anyone's on the fence, but let's take, let's say for argument's sake that there is why Biden in this election, is it, is it you're going to vote against Trump or for Biden? Cause it seems to me like they're voting against Trump, but educate me on that. Oh, I absolutely think that that's one of the key factors here is that there has never, there has never been anyone in my lifetime who I feel is less presidential than uh, Donald Trump. Um, you know, what you saw in the debate, what, what, you know, the language that he speaks, the, 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 you know, and again, I think people want, that's also part of what makes him popular is that people want something different. They don't want your typical politician. And, and that's why he appeals to some people because people have lost faith in government. But if I'm an independent, I mean, the, the clearest thing I can say is right now, you know, the, there, there, there's, there's protests, there's, there's unrest, there's people fighting, there's, there's a sense of, of, of chaos in the country. And I think the choice is clear. Do you want a Donald Trump who's going to pour more gasoline on that fire? Or do you want uh, Joe Biden who's going to come in and try to make amends and make peace and work with everyone on both sides of the table? So if I'm on the fence, you know, if I, if I want someone who's going to try to calm the, the, the tone in the country and bring the level of respectability to where it should be. So I, I can't see, even though you may want to shake things up, but it's just going to pour more gasoline on the fire and make this work it's on both sides. My dad said to me the other day, 
that he could never see himself voting for someone who's been a politician for over 40 years and he still believes there's so many, like these issues have been there forever in his opinion. Like he just feels like you've had 40 years to rectify a lot of the issues in our country and now you want me to give you another four? Like, you know, what would you say to that? I would say the issue of uh, people rioting and protesting and where you have two clear-cut signs, the far left and the far right, who are battling in the streets, that's a new problem. That's a, that's a Donald Trump-created problem. Um, and as much as he wants to say that he, you know, it, 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 he would stomp it out, he is promoting on the right um, a reaction and, 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 you know, to take up arms and all that. So I would say I've never seen what's happening in the country now under Trump's leadership. You know, at least it was calm and civility under, you know, a 40 year politician. So I can't see voting for a president who turned the country into what it is today after three short years. And I can't imagine where we would be, you know, how separate, separated and segregated and, 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 and dysfunctional we would be with four more years of a Trump presidency. What's the game plan for Biden to win this election? Because, you know, I remember four years ago or three years ago during or three and a half years ago, right? I guess now during the last election, um, they told me, well, the media told me that Trump had zero shot at winning. And Correct. I, and, 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 and I, I don't think they said zero. I mean, I think that the polls and everything had Hillary at a 75% chance of winning. I think the, you know, and again, you know, hey, Serge, both you and I know that long shots win at the racetrack every once in a while. No, I hear so even you. Though, I you hear know, you. I mean, I mean one twenty-five percent chances come in once every once every four times. So <laughs> I get it. You know? I get it. It just seems like it's too hard to again look at polls in this situation because if you were to stop people on the street and ask them who they're voting for, they're, I think they're almost afraid to say they're going to vote for Trump. So you don't I even think know that helps them in the polls. Absolutely. I think people are afraid. People are embarrassed. But, but if you're, I mean, like why vote for a guy? If you're embarrassed to say to someone privately on a private poll that I'm going to vote for him. I mean, but I, I, mean, I hear you, but I think thing. it's more, I don't think it's that they're embarrassed of their choice. I think is they're, they're afraid of the reaction that they, that they receive. From, from an anonymous pollster. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. <laughs> they can't believe that that they, they're actually going to tell another human being that I'm so unintelligent <laughs> that I'm going to vote for Donald Trump again. So Come you on. might you might be a bigger Democrat than my mom. So uh, <laughs> listen, a- I, listen, I have no problem. If it, it's clearly, you know, listen, I mean, you know, Chris Christie was a Republican, and 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 I consider him a friend, and. And, uh, you know, and, and there's people who support, listen, I would vote if it, if it was for the good of the country, I would do the right thing and vote for a green candidate, a right candidate, a Republican candidate. I think that's the most important thing, right? I am a proud Democrat, but, 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 but I'd have no problem if in my heart, I believe the Republican 
would do better for the country, I would clearly vote for the Republican. And, and but I don't think it's the, that way right now. And I, and again, I you know, listen, it, whether you're voting against Trump or for Biden, I think Biden right now is the calm and the civility that the country needs. What's the blueprint for him to win to to steal this election? I don't want to say steal because that, that's that's <laughs> well, a draw. I, have to say steal. I know, I know, and, I you know, know, I know. I I I listen. I stop myself, right? I, I mean, right. a steal because he's stealing power, right? He's the incumbent. You know, uh, Trump is the incumbent. But I meant, what is the blueprint here? What What's the best avenue to to Biden winning this presidency? You know, you know. I mean, four years ago, Hillary Clinton uh, won the popular vote by three million votes. Correct. So it's really weird. It all comes down to the electoral colleges, and it, and again. You know, we, I live in New Jersey, you live in New Jersey, and you very rarely see a Trump or a Biden sign, you know, or commercials on local TV or ads on cable. And that's because they know that New Jersey is going to vote for Biden and, and it's not a competitive state. So, you know, people ask me for signs and the campaign hasn't even sent Biden signs to New Jersey because it's already in the wing columns. And, and my point is, it comes down to the toss up states. It comes down to the 29 electoral college votes in Florida, to the um, to the 10 in Wisconsin, to the to the 18 in Ohio, and you know it, um, you know the way the election is set up, it comes down there. Now, for for Democrats, what I'm seeing in polling lately is those states are all move, moving more and more towards Biden. You know, Minnesota in, in the recent poll is, is 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 seven or eight points towards uh, Biden. Florida is four or five points for Biden. Again, um, you know, stronger than where Hillary Clinton was four years ago. Um, and I do think that there's an, there's an ask. I think Trump also benefited four years ago because a lot of people didn't like Hillary Clinton. So you may not have liked Trump, but you, they didn't like Clinton, so they either stayed home. I don't think people dislike Biden or hate Biden. Um, I think they think that he may not be the best candidate. But I, even if, again... In a close election, two, three points means a lot. And I do think when you see um, Senator John McCain's wife, when you see the Lincoln Project, which is all Republicans, spending all this money to get Republicans to vote against Trump, when you see a lot of the Republican Party, I would call the intellectuals in the party, against Trump, those three, four, five percent, that's a huge number that could swing the election. The way I see it right now, Serge, I think it's going to be a blowout for Biden. I think Biden is going to win the majority of these swing states, you know, four or five points, but I think he's going to have, you know, well over the amount of electoral college votes that he needs. The last question I have for you before I let you speak about your Minnesota Vikings is this, and we're big sports guys. I mean, we grew up arguing about sports. Where do you stand on this push by these athletes for the voting? And I'll tell you where I stand. I just had a conversation. I just had Dan Garza uh, on the show. Dan Garza, who's uh, the executive director of the Libre Initiative, and he was in the Bush cabinet at the White House. And, and I said to him, I said, my issue with this is that I don't know how productive ultimately it is because we're asking minorities particularly blacks to go out and vote. And while that in itself is a good thing, right? If most of these blacks 
that are that are being asked to now go out and vote and be live in the same places where the states are already won what type of an impact can it have i mean does it really matter if you get more blacks in brooklyn or more blacks in newark to go vote i mean at the end of the day you know that's like trying to get the mexicans in california to go vote it's it you're gonna win those states i mean the the idea is to try to get the swing states but i don't know if from a population standpoint you can how do you how do you how do you answer to that Phil, did we lose you? Oh, I'm sorry, Serge. No, you didn't lose me. I hit mute. That's okay. why I kept talking over you and you weren't even letting me. I was yelling at you for what you were saying. The athletes, they're promoting voting, which is a great thing because I think only 65% of the people vote in the last election. In other countries, it's 90, 95%. So they're promoting voting. And it's not only blacks who listen to athletes or, or follow athletes. You know, listen, my son, again, who, who is going to be politically astute because of his father, but his friends, uh, you know, in, in, in suburban Essex County, you know, if LeBron James says go vote, they, they're going to they're gonna be motivated or maybe that'll encourage them to get involved in the process. So I think everyone from actors to, to teachers to athletes, everyone should be, be promoting everyone to vote. I mean, that's the basis of our democracy. When, when you know, when you can win an election with, with all, you know, if 65% of people vote, that means you can get elected with 33% of the vote, which means 67% of the people didn't vote for you. It's not, you know, it's not indicative. So as long as their message is voting, get involved in all that, it can't hurt. You know what I'm saying? But I have not seen it. The majority of athletes are all that talk about what candidates. It's just about voting. You yeah, know, when you see, but we know like what's going on, but we know what's going right, on. Right. Absolutely. Okay. But you like, you know, you look at the NBA and, and you know, they, 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 they reached out to Essex County because they wanted to make, um, you know, they just, they just want, they want to do something. So they, they reached out to us. They want to make the Prudential center. They want to have voting in, in the Prudential center. So it's great. So they do a press release. Sorry, you can go. Anyone can go vote at the Prudential Center. You go there, register to vote. We're like, no, that's not the law. You know, you can't. You can't just show up and vote and register. You know, so so they're they're being aggressive and they want to do stuff, but they really don't know the process. And you know, they they made some mistakes along the way, and they want to move some polling sites to the Prudential Center so they could say, hey, listen, we're doing something. We're you know, the NBA and the and and the, and the NHL and all that. But, it's, you know, if you're so used to voting on a Broad Street at 1060 Broad Street and now they move your polling site to Correct. the arena, it really is going to lower voter. It could potentially lower um, voter turnout. But, again, they're just trying to do stuff. And, and again, listen, it's, it's you know, the, the, the turmoil in our country this summer, um, everything that happened, Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement and not necessarily the organization, but all that stuff. I mean, listen, people feel empowered. People feel that they, they, they want to do something. They understand they want to be more than just an athlete. So I give them credit for at least trying to do something, sir. Just better standing on the sidelines complaining. Talk to me about your Minnesota Vikings. This is your, this is your time to shine here. Okay. Your team is one and three. Now look, here's what I see. Now you watch every snap. I watch 65% of the snaps, I would say, fast-forwarding through the game so that I could, you know, prepare myself to do this show. 
Here's what I see. Justin Jefferson is the real deal. Well, He's going to be great. Well, we're going to get to that one. Here's what I see. Dalvin Cook is a monster. Correct. You and have to. Ha- you don't need a monster at running back, though. Correct. That that that's uh, that's an issue, but you have him, and you're using him, and he's doing the job. You have to limit the quarterback to 25 throws. He threw the ball 22 times this week. That was good. Quarterback is great. We scored 30 points three games in a row. Unfortunately, yeah, but Mike that's... Zimmer, who I love, his defense has not played. He lost a lot of guys. He's got a few injuries. The, they signed Pierce, the defensive lineman who opted out for COVID. I think that's made a huge difference on the team. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know. But, I mean, the cow- can the Cowboys stop something? No. I mean, the Cowboys. No, but let me tell <laughs> you. Let me, but let me tell you. Stop what- the defense? No, 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 no. Listen, let me tell you what the problem with the Cowboys is. The Cowboys have a quarterback who's a fantasy football player. Every game, he takes two quarters off. Every game, we go into the fourth quarter down a bunch of points. Now, look, I'm not saying the defense is good by any means, obviously, but the game is played different at 21-21 than if you're going three and out for six, seven possessions in a row, and now the defense has to be on the field. So I just feel like they will be... They would be better if the if the if the stats that are being put up and the points that are being put up were spread out over four quarters. Now, the one advantage I think the Cowboys have over your Vikings is the schedule. I think the the fact oh, yeah, that they play in that schedule. the play that the fact that they have that division where they're going to play the Giants, who are terrible. The Giants have three touchdowns this year, by the way. The Giants twice. I think, I think they're improving. Stop. I, I don't watch a lot of their snaps. Who, but who, I well, do think. Come on, stop. They have a quarterback who turns the ball over like it's his business. And and the thing is, he's got a nickname. They call him Danny Dimes. I call him Danny Pennies on my show. You know, that they have the the, the, the the team formerly known as the Redskins twice. They have the, the Giants twice. And the Eagles are terrible, too. So they have a chance to get five wins just there. Where are the Vikings going to get five more wins? No, I, I listen, you know, you, you play Seattle this week. Uh, in Seattle, you play Green Bay coming up. You know, you still have to play Chicago and Detroit twi- twice, and it's hard to go 4-0 and against those four teams. And you're absolutely right. The schedule is very tough. But let me hear it, Serge. Four weeks into the NFL season, give me your early Super Bowl. Who do you, you know, I'm not holding Kansas you to, City, you, Kansas City and Green Bay. Green Bay's a monster I, right now. Bre- I know. I just Aaron Rodgers is so good. It bothers Phil, me, Phil. Aaron Rodgers. I know it bothers you, Phil. Aaron Rodgers basically played last night with pedestrian, pedestrian offensive talent around him at receiver. Now he threw the ball a lot to the backs too in the tight end, but I mean it didn't matter. I mean the guy's just—he's incredible. I don't know. I might rather root for Trump than Green Bay. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you're the best, man. Thank you for joining me. Phil hey, Elijah. you want me on. Phil I'm, Elijah. I'm no, thank you. Thank you. Phil Elijah, the chief of staff of Essex County, New Jersey. Thank you for listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show.